Today's shear begins 11 lines from the top. As is the case in many sugyas and shas, in the daf yomi context, we find that we begin a subsequent shear on the heels of a previous shear that we have left off in the middle of a topic. And that's the case over here. We were discussing Shitos Tanoyim Ramgam Leol versus Rabbi Yeshua in how much believability or when do we believe a woman in her claims of being kosher after uh, in a situation of doubt concerning her having had intimacy with a man that may have rendered her unfit to the kahuna. Up till now, Rabbi Yeshua r- represented a, an approach that did not give too much believability to the woman. The topic heading that we see on the side, the Nusei, we have written We're going to see what appears to be a contradiction with regard to uh, the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua and the uh, acceptance of the woman as being kosher. And when we speak about kosher in our previous year and in this year, we speak about her acceptability to marry a Kohen. The Gemara. Romi le Abaye le Note, we're again 11 lines from the top. Abaye raises a contradiction to Rava. Umi Omar means in the presence of Rava. He raises a question. Umi Omar Rabbi Yeshua Einon Emenes. Would Rabbi Yeshua have really held that we don't believe her and we don't accept her original status, her chazoka? She had a cheskas kashrus. Uh, up till the story involving a possible act of intimacy arose, we assume she was a she was kosher to marry a kohen. So is it so that we don't set a woman upon her original chazoka viraminu? We raise a contradiction to that, where we seem to say that we do. Heyid Rabbi Yeshua Rabbi Ben Besera Al Almonas Isa Shehik Shera Lekuna. Uh, Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Ben Masera testified regarding a an almona, a widow. She's described as almonas isa. Isa literally means dough. Dough is made of different ingredients that are mixed together. In this case, we're dealing with a woman where different elements arose, causing doubt. And even though there is doubt concerning this particular widow. She is Kshera Lekuhuna. Now, what do we mean by Almonasisa? So, ahead of time, let us point out there are different explanations as to what Almonasisa is. Rashi presents his explanation, and in the wide lines of Rashi, another opinion is brought, uh, that of Rabbi Yosef Toiv Elim. But for our purposes, we're going to work with Rashi's first shot. We also have a little chart that... Uh, introduces the Almonas Isa. Let us glance at the chart. There are the chart that we're looking at is in the upper part uh, of the page in the margin. It's entitled Almonas Isa. The chart has numbers. The numbers represent sequence of events. Eventually, we're going to uh, uh, be focusing on the woman that circled Isha that you can see a circled Isha. That is the woman that we're going to uh, refer to as the Almonas Isha. But how does this arise? So you'll notice a on the chart, uh, on the, across the top line of the chart, there's a, uh, a Baal in Isha and a Baal Kohen. Um, a man was uh, married to a woman. That's the Baal on the extreme right-hand side of the chart. First line. And... Uh, stage one, he threw a get in the direction of the woman. Again, is a divorce document, attempting to divorce his wife. However, there was a suffix korov law suffix korov lo. In throwing the get, it wasn't clear whether it was closer to the woman, and if it were tossed in her direction and it landed closer to her, so she would be considered divorced. However, it might have been closer to him, never reaching her domain. 
thereby not divorced. So we have a woman that's a Suffolk Grusha. Uh, a woman who is divorced is someone forbidden for a Kohen. Here this woman is Suffolk divorced and stage two, the husband then dies. So she might be an almona, she might be a widow, having never been divorced. The woman then, stage three, goes and marries a Kohen. What is this Kohen marrying? He's marrying a woman that is a Sofek Grusha, Sofek Almona. Now, on the grounds that if she were a Grusha, on the side that she's a Grusha, the child that results from a Kohen marrying a divorced woman the child is labeled a cholol. A cholol is someone who is, uh, whose father may, the father was a Kohen, but he is stripped of Kohen status because his father married someone unfit to him. In this case, the father married someone who is possibly unfit to him. So that's what happened at stage three. A Kohen married this woman. Stage four, a child is born. That's no lot. That Ben is, is born. Stage 5, the Ben marries a woman. The woman that we see is encircled. Stage 6, that Ben, who is a Suffolk Cholol, Ben dies, leaving a widow. That widow is called Almonas Isa. She is an Almona, having been married to someone who, if he were a definite Cholol, she, having had intimacy with a cholol, she would be rendered unfit to the kahuna. That's if, the, the, if that Ben was a definite cholol. In our story, she's not a definite. The, the Ben is not a definite cholol. The almona, therefore, according to the source we just read, this woman, before she married him, she had the status of being a kosher woman to a kohen. Who did she marry? She married a person who was a Suffolk Cholol. What do Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yudha ben Becerra say about her? She's kosher to the Kuna. What do we see? That we go according to her cheskas kashrus that she had beforehand. So that's the question. Uh, as we go on in the Gemara, triangles will appear. And they are featured on the side under the Mivneh as Ishuvim, the Steer of Rabbi Yoshua. These are responses to the seeming contradiction in Rabbi Yoshua. Omar Lay. So we continue in the Gemara. Rabbi uh, says to Abaye, Hachi Hashta. How can you compare the case of Amonas Esau to the previous statement of Rabbi Yoshua? Hosom. In the case of Amonas Isa, we're dealing with a woman who had married her husband. Before a woman marries, you can rest assured she checks out carefully who she is marrying. And she must have revealed that he, in fact, was not a cholol. And why was he not a cholol? Because his mother was never really divorced, but rather she was a simple widow and he is a kosher husband. Hacha, Isha Mezana, Boydekes Mezana, the case that Rabbi Yeshua was referring to previously, was a woman who was involved in an act of harlotry. Do you think that a woman who is involved with harlotry checks out with whom she's having the intimacy? No, nah, she doesn't check out, so we have more reason to be suspect. Question. Omar Rava, the question you can see is a long question. The Rabbi Yeshua, the Rabbi Yeshua Kashia. Up till now, you said that there seemed to be an inconsistency in Rabbi Yeshua's, which we answered. The Rabbi Amliel, and what? There are no problems in Rabbi Yeshua's adversary, Rabbi Amliel, the Hakatani Sefa. Now, up till now, Rabbi Amliel represented the opinion that relied on the woman's claims. But yet we find in the Seifa of the source that we just read, the source beginning with the word Heid, Rabbi Yeshua, the, the continuation of that source reads as follows. Omar lahen Rabban Gamliel, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra. Kibalnu eduschem. We uh, have already heard uh, that, uh, we, 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 that is, we, we believe you in what you testify, that she's Kshera. We believe that that's what you heard. 
what can we do? based in al But what can we do? Says Rabbi Gamliel, reflecting a a restrictive tone. In in that Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, he ruled that the court will not sit in session regarding this matter because it's an open and closed case. The court will definitely answer her and they'll accept the opinion that distances her. The rachek is to push her away from the kuna and not an opinion that says to draw her near, to accept her. So what do we see? We see Rabban Gamliel reflecting a restrictive opinion regarding kashrus of the woman. And up till now, Rabban Gamliel represented the opinion that said she's kosher. Elo Omar Rava. The Rabban Gamliel, note again, he, a long answer marking. Rabban Gamliel, Gamliel, low kashya, there's no problem, no inconsistency within Rabban Gamliel. Hasam bori hachashema. As far as the Mishnah is concerned, that we have seen earlier, not today, but in our previous year, where she says, she says, yes, I had relations, but the man was kosher. Her claim was one of bori certainty, and that was good enough for Rabban Gamliel to go on in ruling her kashrus, her acceptability to the kahuna. Here, in the case of the Amonas Esau, there is doubt. It's true that we said before a woman checks things out, but how how far can she can the uh, Almonas Isa in that case uh, actually ascertain with certainty the the location of the original get given to the woman featured there in stage uh, in stage one of the story above? There's an uh, the uh, the doubt remains there. So just like we have a, a doubt about it. Um, she too had, there's still an element of doubt. The Rabbi Yoshua, the Rabbi Yoshua Nami, Lokasha, notice the triangle is again a second approach to resolving what we thought before was an inconsistency in Rabbi Yoshua's Hosom Chadzveka, with regard to our Mishnah, where we saw Rabbi Yoshua being restrictive and rendering her unfit, there was one doubt. Was the man kosher? The man with whom she had relations featured in the Mishnah. Was he kosher or not? Hacha, in the case of the Amonas Esau, Trey Sveiki. There are two levels of doubt. The, uh, the doubt concerning the mother. Was she a... Uh, was she a divorcee or not? And the uh, Almona herself, who comes to us as a, who comes, who is presented to us as a result of having been married to her son. So that is called a Sveik Sveika. And a Sveik Sveika is is considered uh, far removed from true prohibition, from real um, stringency. Therefore, there's room for leniency and accepting the Almonas Isa. Now, to summarize, the Gemara goes on and says, Hilkoch, the Rabban Gamliel, we see Rabban Gamliel's approach to these matters, Olim Lei Bori. There is, Olim means strong. There is strength to the claim of certainty that a woman makes when she says, I had intimacy with a kosher man, even when there's only one level of doubt, one element of doubt, he, Rabbi Gamliel, still relies on her claim of bori. The kiel lay shema, and a claim where there is doubt in the, in the claim itself, is very weak. Q means light. It's weak. Even in a case where you have the double suffix, like the case of the Amonas Esau, Rabbi Gamliel was going to be restrictive. In contrast, Rabbi Yeshua, Olim Le Chad Sveika, the 
problem of a single suffix is so strong, even though the woman is making a claim of certainty that she was kosher, that she had intimacy with a man kosher, he still doesn't accept that. Because there is only one doubt that separates us between definite prohibition. And that's a, that's a serious matter in the eyes of Rabbi Yeshua. The kiyulei sveik sveika, the filu nami machshir. And kiyul in this case would mean we can afford to be lenient as a result of the double doubt even in the face of a, uh, a claim of Shema, like you see in the case of the Amonas Esau, but since the issue is one of a double doubt, Nami Machshir, Rabbi Yeshua is willing to be Machshir. So Rabbi Yeshua puts a lot of emphasis on the fact that something is a Svek Sveka, and Rabbi Amlio places a lot of emphasis on a Tainus Bori. We have a Tanaic source, and we must um, say a word about the uh, Gemara structure. We have a Tanaic source, which uh, features uh, a number of Tanaic opinions in it. The source itself uh, might have points that are vague. Have no fear, though. On the top of Omid Bay's You'll notice six lines from the top of Omid Bey's diamonds appear. Those are quotes from this Tanaic source. And the Gemara will then go back and analyze the points mentioned in this source step by step. And later in the Gemara, it will then summarize the three shittas, or present the, the, the various shittas in this source in a systematic fashion. So we have basically one uh, discussion from this point all the way down till the Mishnah on the lower part of Omid Beis. Tonu Rabbonan. Ezohi Almonas Isa. What is the Almonas Isa that there we heard Edus above? We heard testimony that she is kosher. Uh, of course, that was what we saw in the name Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Ben Masera. What is that? What is that? It's a, a kind of woman that in her uh, background there is no problem of illegitimacy nor uh, descendancy from the Nasinim, a group of people who joined the ranks of the Jews but in a very questionable fashion and there is no uh, suspicion that she is a descendant from the slaves of kings. The only doubt that exists with regard to the Amosisa has to do with a doubt what we, that we called above Safek Cholol. Maybe she had intimacy with a with someone that was a Cholol. Safek Cholol. Omar Rebbe Meir. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. Shomati this is what uh, we have to structurally just note that this is the first presentation called the Tanakama version of Rabbi Meir, because on the second line from the top you see here Rabbi Shimon Melozer has his version of Rabbi Meir. So this is the first version of Rabbi Meir. He says Shomati Kol She'ein Ba Echad Mikol Elu Masiyim Lekuna. Uh, it seems that this is simply a repetition of the Tanakama, and the Gemara will ask about that later. Translated simply says that uh, I heard that uh, any woman that has no one of these problems is allowed to marry a Kohen. No Mamzerus, no Nasinus, no Afne Malachim. Rabbi Shimon ben Olazer Omer Mishum Rabbi Meir. V'chein hoi Rabbi Shimon ben Menasi Omer Kidvorov. And Rabbi Shimon ben Menasi also said thusly, Ezo hi Amonas Isa, Kol Shinitma. Ba Safek Cholo. Any woman uh, absorbed in whom is a problem or a doubt of Halolos. We mentioned before Halol is a is a uh, a problem that's unique to the Kahuna, a, a person who would not be uh, allowed to marry into the Kahuna. 
So it's a we're talking now about a woman that has an element of halol, uh, uh, doubts of halolos associated with her. This is a very obscure statement. We can translate it, but it does not have any meaning for us right now. And this, uh, the translation would be that uh, the Jewish people know, the, they recognize, they can identify the mamzerim amongst them, but they cannot identify the halolim amongst them. And therefore, since uh, the halolos is uh, shrouded in doubt, is unclear to the public, when an, an, an element of halolos arises, we have to passel. Once again, we did not say anything as far as this source in any definitive fashion. On the side of the Gemara, under our Nosei, the topic heading, Machloikis Tanoim, Bemahi Almonas Isa, Shebe Omen Aleph, Heidu Ba, Shekshera Lekohuna. You'll notice diamonds that appear in the Gemara text. These are explained under the Mivne heading, Situtim Mehabraisa, A. These are quotes from the Tanaic source along with questions after each quote in order uh, to uh, clarify. We're, we're, we're seeking uh, clarity in, as to what was said in the source. So marking-wise, you'll notice that we've presented this section as a long question. Quotes with questions eventually leading to Rabbi Yochanan, if you skip ahead to see the underlying Rabbi Yochanan, where he then goes over the different sections and the different opinions as to what they mean. The Gemara. Omar Mar. Ezoi almonas isa. Kol she'ein ba lo mishum amzeris v'lo mishum mesinus v'lo mishum avdei malachim. The first opinion in the source indicated that an almonas isa is a woman that doesn't have any of these problems, however, there is an element of doubt concerning her possible halolah status, and because of that, we will not render her unfit. What's different about the mamzerus and the sius, which are problems, <coughs> if there's any doubt, that maybe she's a mamzeres, well, that's an isur doraisa. She would be unfit on a Torah level. Cholonami doraisa, the prohibition of a chalola to a kohen is also a Torah level prohibition. So why would uh, anyone make any distinction between sofek mamzeres and sofek chalolas with regard to establishing the kashrut of a woman? The suit. Furthermore, it's said in the source above Omar Rabbi Meir Shamati Kol She'ein Ba Echod Mikol Elu Masim Lakuna. Rabbi Meir said, I heard that any woman that doesn't have any of the above problems of Mamzeris, Nesinus, and Avdei Molochim are able to marry into the Kuna. Well, Hainu Tanakama, that's what the Tanakama said. That and, uh, as long as a woman has no Mamzeris, Nesinus, or Avdei Molochim problems, she's kosher to the Kuna. So that's another problem. The Su. Furthermore, Rabbi Shimon Elazar Omer Mishum Rabbi Meir V'chein Hoya Rabbi Shimon Menas Yomer Kidvarov Eizu Amonas Isa What is that? Kol Shenitma Ba Safek Cholol Makir Nisra Mamzerim Shebeneim V'ein Makirim Chololim Shebeneim The the problem here is Vo Amris Resha Cholol Kosher The beginning of we saw in the Reisha of Rebbe Meir, the very Rebbe Meir that he is quoting, that said that a cholol is a kosher. Um, if, if even to be let's to be let us be a little more uh, accurate in our explanation. In this source, it said, "What is an almonas isa?" And almonas isa till now we have seen is described as one that's kosher. So you ask, what's an almonas isa? Anyone that has an element of suffix cholol in them, and then you go on to say that uh, they, that the Jews don't recognize the cholol amongst them, and that's reason for rendering them unfit. So there's a a problem here. Uh, the what we call the seifa seems to contradict the seifa of Rabbi Shimon Alazar seems to contradict the reisha. As we go on, we notice an answer. An answer 
a long answer marking to resolve this source. On the side of the Gemara, under the Nosei, Mivneheding, triangle, a triangle appears. As you can see in the Gemara text, we have three triangles. These are Deos Tanoim, Lufi Hezberus Reb Yochanan, Be'inyan Hapsulim, Kegon Mamzer, V'cholol, Ma Zeh Malamed, Ala Odom, Kishikurino, So B'Shem Oseilu. We're going to cite these different problems, the problem of being um, called a Mamzer or a Cholol, a person is called thusly and he either remains silent, doesn't react, or he screams, he protests being called a mamzer or being called a cholo. So we're going to see shosek means remaining silent, soveach means screams or protests. Um, now the Gemara. Omer of Yochanan, mamzer soveach v'cholo shosek iko binayu. The point of difference uh, between the various tanoyim we saw above will be uh, manifest in a situation where someone is called a mamzer and he screams and he protests no I'm not and a cholol that's called hey you're a cholol and he remains silent this, uh, at this point this sounds quite vague it will hopefully become quite clear as the Gemara continues Tanakama Sovar Kol Posel De Korule Vishosik Posel Any uh, type of disqualifying uh, title that a person may be called and he is called thusly and remains quiet he doesn't react the Tanakama feels that's a sign that he is in fact unfit and now the rereading of the Tanakama. What is the case of Amonas Esau that we are machshir? That we say she's kosher. Kol she'ein bo lo shtuk mamzeris v'lo shtuk nesinus v'lo shtuk avde molochim v'lo shtuk cholo. It's a uh, woman that in, in, in whose background there was uh, never a situation of uh, of, of uh, someone being called uh, any of these things and they're remaining silent. If in her background, uh, let us say she had uh, intimacy with uh, a man that was uh, called a mamzer, or was called a cholol, and he remained silent, so she would be rendered unfit. So what's the kind of woman that uh, we call an Alman Asisa? That she, had, she may have had intimacy with some man, and he may have even been called one of these uh, names of Psul, but he would have protested. And in his protesting, he's, he's, he's showing us that he is kosher. We accept his pro- protestation. The silence, on the other hand, Rashi explains, if, he's, if he was called one of these things and he remains silent, he is in effect conceding to what they're calling him. And uh, Rashi points out that uh, when the original source, the original text had said, what the text meant is there wasn't any of these things in silence. Let's continue. V'ko'omar lay Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir responds to the Tanakhamo. Hanochu de koposil lay bakohol. The cases that were featured in the original source, Mamzerus, Nesinus, and Avdei Malachim, those are examples of people that are unfit to marry into the rank and file of the Jewish people in, in its entirety. It's called Psul Kohol. They're unfit to the whole congregation, to the, all of the Jews. So, therefore, I can understand that if the, uh, if the guy remains silent, uh, he, that would render him unfit. That would show that he's conceding. If someone, though, is called a Cholol and he remains silent, that doesn't indicate that he's a Cholol. The Hodeshosik regarding his silence, that's not his conceding to it. He doesn't care that he's being called that. 
It's not something. It's not a, a, a title that would render him unfit to marry into the Jewish fold. Therefore, he's just remained silent. But that's not a, a silence that he's really a hollow. He's silent because he simply doesn't care that he's being called that. And as far as Rabbi Meir is concerned, he's totally kosher. And if a woman had relations with a man that had been called a hollow and remained silent, she is kosher. So, according to uh, Rabbi Meir, the uh, Almonas Esau is a woman that uh, had re, uh, relations with a... She might have had relations with a man that um, was called uh, Mamzer, Nosin, and uh, Avdei Molochim. Uh, for her to be considered kosher, that man would have had to protest those names. But if he had been called a Cholol and did not protest it, that's not a sign that he was a Cholol and she would still be kosher. V'ko'omar lay Rabbi Shimon ben Olozer l'tanakama de Rabbi Meir. The third opinion in the source uh, responded to the first version of Rabbi Meir. And as we pointed out before, this is not a uh, response to the first opinion in the source, but rather to the uh, section in the source where we saw Omar Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Shimon Lazar says to that first presentation, Rabbi Meir, if you heard Rabbi Meir holding that someone was kosher in their in their silence, not a case where a person is called a chol and remains silent. Rather, a case where he was called a mamzer and he remains silent. And and this is not like the. Uh, first opinion in the Brisa who puzzled anyone who remained silent. This opinion is saying that if someone were called a mamzer and remained silent, he would still be kosher. His silence is explained as follows. Mamzer kola isle. A real mamzer is known anyway. Uh, I'm not someone that was known as a mamzer. This guy's calling me a mamzer, but I didn't have a reputation of being a mamzer until now. Until I was called, until someone called me that. So I was a person. I didn't have this kill. A real mamzer is already known, and therefore, just because he's calling me a mamzer, not someone that was known as a mamzer, there's no reason for me to speak up. It's clear that I'm not a mamzer. Avo mamzer v'tsoveach. The Cholol V'Shosek Puzzle. A uh, person who's, who protests being called a Mamzer, that is already a sign of suspicion that he's a Mamzer. As we said before, if he, if he, uh, if he had nothing to worry about, there was no cool about him, he, he would have remained silent. Why is he screaming? There seems to be a problem. And likewise, a Cholol that's Shosek is a problem. The hollow that remains silent, why does he remain silent? Sovar, he figures, It's good enough for me that they're calling me a hollow and not calling me a mamzer, thereby casting me out of the entire congregation. As we mentioned before, a hollow is someone that's only limited with regard to Kohen matters, but is still kosher to the rest of the assembly. So he figures... I, I'm, I, uh, I've got problems and it's, it's better for me to remain silent. So the silence of someone who's called a cholol is, is for us uh, highly suspicious and, and certainly would render the woman that had intimacy with him unfit to the kahuna. As we go on in the Gemara, you'll notice there are two... Uh, Sources where we introduce them with underline Tani Chada and two lines later Tani Idoch. Two sources that appear at first glance to be contradictory and the Gemara then resolves them. Tani Chada, one source says, Rabbi Yosiyam Shtuk Mamzer Kosher Shtuk Cholol Posel. Vitanya Idoch Shtuk Cholol Kosher Shtuk Mamzer Posel. In other words, just the opposite. 
hopefully it's clear to us that when you see the expression Shtuk Mamzer, it's a reference to someone being called one of these things, either Mamzer or Cholol, and they remain silent. So how are, to we, how are we to resolve these two? Lo Kasha, there is no contradiction. They represent two different uh, uh, Tanaic opinions that we saw earlier. Ha Tanakamo Alivo de Rebbe Meir. Source 2 is the first version of Rebbe Meir that we saw above. We saw above Rebbe Meir saying that Shtuk Cholol is kosher. In source number two, that's what we saw, that Shtuk Cholol is kosher. And uh, the uh, case of Shtuk Mamzer, Rebbe Meir said, was possible. That's what source number two says. Source number one, Hod Rebbe Shuman ben Alozer Aliba the Rebbe Meir. In source number one, we saw that Shtuk Mamzer is kosher. That was what Rebbe Shuman ben Alozer had said above, that uh, a person who is called a mamzer remains silent. It's not a sign of his agreeing that he's a mamzer. It's simply that he figures a real mamzer everyone would know about, and that didn't apply to me. That's with regard to a shtuk mamzer being kosher, as source number one said over here. However, the shtuk cholol that Rabbi Shimon ben Olazer said that was uh, really unfit. he's really unfit. The Mishnah. Before we begin the Mishnah, we glance at the side with an Osei topic heading, and it reads as follows. Tinoikes, a young girl, Shenan saw that was raped, Lo Yadinen Al Yidei Mi, and we don't know who the rapist was. Hayim Lakuna. Can we accept, can we say that now she is still kosher to the Kuna? As we've it's already mentioned numerous times that a woman can be rendered unfit to the kuna as a result of the intimacy with the different types of disqualified or disqualifying kinds of people. One uh, primary and actually very, very popular and problematic situation is a girl that had intimacy with a non-Jew. That renders her unfit to marry a Kohen. So we have a, a girl that was raped, and we don't know who was the ra- who the rapist was. Yazbir, in the uh, as the Gemara unfolds, Rebuda in the name of Rav will explain that even according to Rabbi Yeshua, who we have seen till now was quite restrictive in his approach, quite. Uh, questioning whether a woman is kosher to the kuna. Nevertheless, if you have a situation of two roves, rove means a uh, majority. Shnei rove shall kashras. Two situations of majority populations of acceptable people. And we say acceptable people, it means people whose intimacy would not have disqualified the woman from the kuna. If you have two populations like that figuring in a particular case, she, even according to Rabbi Yeshua, she will be considered kosher. To me, that sounds a little abstract. So, of course, we wait for the Gemara to present an actual case in which we will see what is meant by this double rove. The Mishnah. Amr Abiyosi. Maisa betinoikis shiyardu lamalus maya min ha'ayin. A story involving a girl that uh, went to a, an ayin as a well to fill up water. Venansa, and she was raped. Amr Abiyochanan ben Nuri. Imroiv an shiyir masiyin lekuhuna. Harezu tinose lekuhuna. If the majority of the community are people that are kosher with regard to the kuhuna, so she is kosher to marry into the kuna. That would mean that if the majority of the people in that community were regular Jews, that's called Masin Lakuna for our purposes, regular Jews as opposed to Mamzerim or Nesinim or Ovde Kechavim. So if the majority are rank and file Jews, so we can assume that it was one of them that raped her. Terrible thing, of course. We certainly. Uh, 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 decry and denigrate anyone who does such a thing, but nevertheless, it doesn't render her unfit to the kahuna. 
Omar lay Rava Rav Nachman. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, the Omar Keman. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, who is uh, willing to accept her is, as Koshit Luna, based on the Rovan Sheir, is based on what, uh, which previous or which of the two schools of Tanaic thought that we've seen till now. E Kerabon Gamliel, if he were following the thought of Ram Gamliel, Afilu Barob Sulamami Mishar, Rabban Gamliel is so willing to accept the kashus of a woman, he would do so even if the majority of the people in the community were puzzle. And based on what does Rabban Gamliel conclude thusly? Based on the fact that she had a personal cheskas kashus, she had the status before the uh, intimacy came about, she had a status of acceptance. So, the status of acceptance to the kuna remains, even in the face that there's an element of doubt that is created, and even if that happens to be in a situation where the rove, the majority of people around are, unf- would render her unfit. If Rabbi Yochanan Nuri was trying to Reflect the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, Filu Barov Nami Posil. Rabbi Yeshua would not accept her even in a situation where the majority of the people in the vicinity were kosher. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan says, since the majority of people in the vicinity were kosher, she remains kosher. And we say kosher means a woman that could then uh, can still marry a Kohen. Omar Lay, Rav Nachman uh, responds. That Rabbi Yochan Menuri essentially is based on Rabbi Yoshua. Why then over here is she kosher? The Gemara will explain very shortly because here you have two robes for uh, two robes upon which you can base the kashrus. Hochi Oma Rabbi Yudah Marav. The uh, that Rav Yudah Marav explains our Mishnah was speaking about the following circumstance: the Kroinois shall sipoiri hoya maisa. In the Mishnah itself, uh, we saw a story of a girl going down to uh, a well to fill it up with water. The story is explained by Rav Yudah Marav as having taken place in the town of Tsipori on a day that the that caravans and merchants came from somewhere else to that place to Tsipori. Uchida Rabbi Ami and in in line with Rabbi Ami's analysis, Giyama Rabbi Ami Vuhu Shoy Sosio Shell Bene Odum Ksherim Oiveris Lasham. The the uh, travelers, the caravan that came there was a caravan of people that were kosher. So now you have majority of the town, it's called Rofoir, and you have the majority of those outsiders as well that came to the city. That's called Trey. Trey means two. Two roads. Uchiravyanai and also in, uh, in acceptance of Rav Yanai's um, commentary or explanation, the Omer of Ayanai. We skip to the next, after the brackets on the next line. Niveles Bishas Kronos Ksheri Lakuna. If she had, the, if the intimacy, the, the rape had taken place at the time that the caravans were in town, she would be kosher to the kuna. Rashi says, "Kshiru lekuna." The fourth line from the top, Kid Omar, as we explained, "Vehu shoy sosir shol bnei adam kshirim oiveres sham di eko lemeimar she mehem hoya." This gives us grounds for thinking that it was one of them, and they were kosher. Now we we skipped a, a bracketed section which uh, contains uh, information or text that's not accurate that the Gemara had to fix. We read the final version, but now let's read over the bracketed section. The Omer of Yanai, Nivelas Bekronos Kshera Lekuna. 
Now, translated, that would mean she had relations on the uh, on the koron. The koron is the 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 cart, the chariot, the the uh, the vehicle itself. So uh, the Gemara says, uh, You think that, that there's is there some significance in her having had intimacy specifically in in the uh, the cart? Hello, Nivellus Bishas Kronos, Kuna. But rather, the rape would have had to have taken place at the time that the merchants were in town. Uh, as we said before, giving us this additional rove. Avol, Piresh, Echod, Mitsipori, Uboal. If, however, uh, a man from the town of Tsipori had come, and we know he was the, we know that the man that raped her was from Sipori. Havlad Shtuki, the, the, the resultant child would be a Shtuki. Shtuki is someone that's doubtful, and we would, if it's a girl, we would not allow her to marry a Kohen. Because in a case like that, since we know he came from the city, therefore you have a situation of only that one rove and one rove is not enough to be machshir the Gemara continues regarding this uh, topic of two roves on the side uh, we have a topic heading where we read Hezber why do we have to have two roves and it's not enough just to have the majority of people in the caravan as being kosher and structurally you see the Mivneh we have a long point marking the Nun is a Nekuda Simanu ke Nekuda Ruka kol haketa shebo ziiri mazbir lomo rubi this section of Gemara is is dedicated to uh, an explanation as to why we need this double rove. The Gemara. Kiha dechi osa ravdimi omar ziiri omar rabbi yochanan as uh, ravdimi came and told us in the name of ziiri who quoted rabbi chanina the amri law another version is uh, without ravdimi simply omar ziiri omar chanina uh, we skip the uh, bracketed section. The bracketed section once again has has text that's not accurate. So just to get a just to keep the flow going, we skip the brackets. We will follow the majority of the community. Uh, that's provided that there's also a majority of kosher people in the amongst the travelers, the caravan uh, that comes to town. The Ein Hoyuchin Acharov Hoyir Greitza Velo Acharov Sia Greitza We will not base the kashras of the woman who had uh, intimacy with uh, some man if all we have is the majority of the city or all we have is the majority of kosher people in amongst the Sia, the, the travelers. Let's go over the bracketed section. Uh, we pointed out that this is uh, not accurate, but let's read it. Ziri Amar B'yochanan says, "Hoichin acha rov ho'ir, v'ein hoichin acha rov sia." We follow the majority of the community, but we do not follow the majority of the caravan. Now Rashi uh, across where there's a star he says Imagine a, uh, a, a troop of people that are distant from the city In a case like that the, uh, the man that would have had intimacy with the girl if it took place at a dis- place distant from the city uh, it definitely came from the caravan We would not be able to machshir her uh, even if the majority of the troop of the caravan were kosher. The uh, Gomorrah continues, Klape Laya, 
literally, Rashi says, "Keneged In other words, in uh, where are you going with that statement? If anything, Hani Naidi, the Hani Kaimi. If anything, there would be more reason for being machshir uh, when. Uh, when it's distant from the city, when it's coming from, uh, when the, the man would have come from the travelers, they are nighty, means they are in movement. They are not in their formal uh, home location. They're travelers. And when you have someone coming from a non-established location, these are halachic concepts that the Gemara will will uh, expound on later but if you have a uh, a situation of someone coming from a non-established location but rather they're in movement that's greater reason for leniency, for being machshir people in town the the statement that was made two lines above if anything we wouldn't follow the majority of the city if you're dealing with people in town they are kvi. They're in their location. That's their place. That's their place of dwelling. They're kvi v'kaimi. And in a case like that, the halachic principle says that even if you have a majority of people that are kosher and there's one person there that's unfit, since it's in they, the the situation is in their established location, their mokum kvius kol We have that a. A, uh, that this violates, we'll call it violates statistics, and says that if you have an element of doubt that arises in a place of of establishment, then it's a it's viewed as a 50-50 chance of being kosher versus unkosher. In other words, you don't have a majority. So this statement of does not make any sense. So what must have been said? What, it's that which appears right after the brackets. If you have two roves, you have uh, the majority of the town are kosher people, and you have the majority of the travelers that are passing through town are also kosher people, and she was uh, raped, or she had intimacy with some man, and we don't know who, we can machshure saw. We will not base ourselves on the mere fact that the town majority is kosher, the majority is kosher there, the uh, nor would we rely on a situation of the majority of the travelers as being kosher, but we have to combine the two we have to, in, in order to have a situation where the where a girl was raped by someone we don't know it's as we said before, she would have had to be raped in town at a time that the majority of the travelers passing through were, in addition to the town rove of the people being kosher to the kuna, so too the majority of the travelers passing through my time off so the question here is, why is Rov Sia not enough? After all, we did say above in passing, and Rashi mentioned it, that people who are in a state of movement is actually greater reason for leniency. So why don't we rely on Rov Sia alone? Answer, Xero, Rov Sia to Rov Uyir. We don't want you to rely on a, uh, on a case where all you have is the majority of the travelers uh, as being kosher, as we uh, suggested before, if you have a case where a woman was, let's say, was out of town and it was in the vicinity of uh, tr- some travelers, a, a caravan, and the majority of the people there were kosher, uh, we, we're not going to say that she is kosher simply as a preventive measure, so we wouldn't rely on a case of rov ho'ir. Question for rov ho'ir nami. Even in a case where the majority of the town is kosher, why do you view that as, as being a dismal situation? You know, as you just said, the line before that we make xero rov because of the big problem of rov ho'ir, that are kavua, they're in their established location. But one second, even where you have a rov ho'ir situation, the majority of the city, uh, albeit they're in their official location, 
you need to call Azli Inhu Legabal if some man went from the town to where the girl was. In other words, he left his house. He went to her. Called the Parish, Meruba Parish. This is a, a halachic concept based on Psukim that says that anything that left, Parish means to separate, separated, he left his house, he left his formal location, he went to where she was. So he is said to have come from the majority. The majority of the town are kosher people. So why do you say that just because you have Rovir, she is definitely considered unfit? What's the case? Lo Tzricha, rather the case where Rovir presents a problem for us is because she went to the man. She left wherever she dwelt and went to where the man lives. The Kavua, the man who uh, is in his uh, formal location is Kavua. He's established in his formal location. Whenever you have a situation of let's say, an element of doubt arising, where uh, the uh, where the uh, element or the party is in his formal location. At best, then, it's considered a 50-50 situation. If we uh, take a look at Rashi, uh, there's a, we have a double star in the Rashi. You skim down the page a little bit, you see in the Rashi. Hilkoch, afilu barov k'sherem. Therefore, even if you have the majority of people's kosher, orov o'ir, orov siya, posel, kerebi Yoshua, she would be considered unfit. And in the original story, in the Mishnah, in our Mishnah where we saw the girl uh, had gone to the well, was raped, and, and she was still considered kosher, it's because you have two roves. We have two roves. That already is reason enough for us not to make any gzairah. The Gemara asks, and the question lasts a number of lines, O me, bo'in on tre ruby, do we really require two roves? V'hot tanya, teisha chanuyos, kulan mochros bosor shchuta, v'achas mocheres bosor nevela. If nine stores, all of whom sell kosher meat, and there's one store that sells unkosher meat, the lokach me'achas mehen, v'ein yodea, fellow bought from one of the stores but he doesn't know from which store he bought there was uh, 9 out of 10 chances are that he went to a kosher store but he doesn't know this is a situation of doubt and the approach the ruling will be one of prohibition in other words do not eat the meat that this guy bought we emphasize he went into one of the shops, one of the butcher shops, to purchase the meat. There's another case, Uvenimtsa, Halochacharov. If meat was found out in the street, uh, out in the street of this town where nine shops sold kosher meat and one sold unkosher meat, and you found it not in the, in the shop, but rather outside. You base yourself on the rove. What do we see here? That the fact that you have one type of majority, that's enough. The chitema, you might want to say it's not one element of majority that is playing here, but rather, it's a case of the meat that was found outdoors at a time when the City gates, the uh, the local gates were open. The kaosi la ruba me'alma. That, in addition to the rove of the community, you also have a rove, a majority of people that come from outside. And Rashi adds to this: the kaosi la ruba me'alma kigon shirov sias taboche Yisrael k'sherim ba'ulakan. The the merchants that come from outside the town, the majority of them are merchants that sell kosher meat. And now that now we would have two roves. 
you would have rove of the immediate town plus rove of the travelers coming through also represent people who who carry kosher meat with them. Yeah, but that's not the case. The meat is considered kosher even if the gates of the city are closed. It's found at a time that there are no travelers coming from outside. All you have is one majority. So if that be the case, why above, in the case of the woman who was who has experienced intimacy, is there the requirement of two rows? The Gemara answers, Male osu biuchsen. There is stringency that we apply when it comes to matters of yuchsen, of purity in genealogy. We want to have people with pure backgrounds, pure purity, and in striving for that, we apply stringency. And hence, in order to establish the girl as being kosher to marry into the kahuna, which is a, a, a topic of yuchasin, uh, we require a double rove. But for other matters of law, one rove, one majority would be enough. Just like we see in the Pesach, says, Achrei Rabim Lahatos, follow the majority. You don't need two roves outside the realm of yuchasin. Uh, later in the Gemara, uh, we will see then uh, sources for this issue, for the for the, uh, dis- uh, the points we mentioned above about things that are found in their place of kavius in their established location versus things that are not. But Amir Sashem, that will be left till the next shiur.